What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, February 2nd, 2021. A beautiful Widow Wednesday. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the rogue one at Gary Widow. I got, I'm liking this thing where it's Wednesday. It's still Wednesday, even though it's not. I, we like I, to take I, care I'm, of our Australian slash New Zealand fans. You know what I mean? Liking, they, somebody's got to look this, for their Wednesday. I'm liking this creative direction. And yeah, for all our Australian uh, uh, fans and followers, it is already Wednesday. And I guess if you're in New Zealand and many other parts of the world as well. Gary, I'm surprised you're here. I saw I woke up uh, huge news day. There's no time for us to bullshit. But of course, we're going to bullshit around a bunch. Uh, I wake up. I look on Twitter. I see the game stop. Uh, it is just crashing. The stocks are crashing. I know I saw you the other day. You were saying buy big. You were getting in there. You were putting throwing Hold. all your bucks in there. Hold. Look at you now. I see the ticker in the background. Little piece of paper flying out the back over there. Greg, the only reason I haven't chucked myself out the window yet is it's not high enough. If I lived, if I lived in a high rise or something, I might. <laughs> ah, I sprained my ankle. <laughs> Just jumped out your second story window. No, no, no. Yeah, it looks. It looks like. I mean, who knows? It looks like the party's over. Um, if you follow, if follow me on Twitter, you know that uh, I decided to kind of get in on the. The madness although you know you know what they say like if, if you if you're getting in on something because you like everyone's starting to hear about it it's already too late but i wanted i wanted in just for part of the uh part of the fun um i bought in when it was not anywhere near its highest but still like way higher than it's than it's you know true value um yeah. and i also bought a little bit of amc nokia and blackberry just to kind of just see where the see where the where the roller coaster takes us but it does look i mean again what do i know but it does look like it's crashing uh, pretty seriously and coming. I appreciate finally. it. I, I think the party's finally over. I'm, I might get out. Or when I, it was or all I might, going, I might just ride it until it goes into the dirt. I don't know. We'll when it was all going bonkers last week, I saw you tweet out that you were, you were jumping in, but you you were treating it like Vegas. Only put in as much money as you were willing to lose. Like yeah, I like that. I like That's that attitude my Vegas for it. Rule. As you know, Greg, I love to go to Vegas. I love to gamble. I love, in particular, to play blackjack. And my, I have a simple, simple rule: never ever budget when you go to Vegas. The amount of money you're gonna you're gonna take to gamble. Never bring more than than you're content to lose all of it. Like you know, let's say you, I'm going to go with a thousand dollars or five hundred dollars or whatever you're comfortable with. That's the yeah. key. So if you blow it all, if you, if you lose it all, which let's face it, you probably will. The house yeah. always wins. You can say, well, you know what, whatever it was, the five hundred dollars that I blew over the course of the weekend, that was what I paid for a weekend's entertainment. I win. So I can I consider a break even when I go to Vegas a win. That's like a free weekend for me. Uh, so I put I put a small amount of money into GameStop with with the Vegas rule. Like I'm probably going to lose all of it, but I just want to kind of feel like I'm part of this mad story that's going on right now. It's been fun yeah. waking up in the morning and checking the stock ticker every day, uh, watching this because it has been a roller coaster, you know, up and down, up and down. Uh, but it, it's on a very downward trajectory right now, and I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm probably just going to stay in just to see what happens. Um, you just yeah, wanted to be been, included. Been, I understand that. Yeah, I just want to, yeah, you know, you, you, it, there's a lot of FOMO going around. And I don't own individual stocks. I have investments, you know, in a very kind of diversified. Uh, you got a Roth portfolio. IRA? You got a Roth IRA going? I got, I got various different uh, uh, irons in the fire, Greg, various different uh, little little things happening. Um, and, but it's, but it's very, it's very low risk and very, you know, it just kind of slowly goes up. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's low, low, low risk, low reward. You know, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, a yeah. I, don't want, I don't want to be looking at the, the stock market every day going, oh no, what about my retirement? It's very, very uh, conservative the way that my my actual, my real money is invested. But I did call my my guy because I have a guy and I said, you know what, so just peel peel off a teeny tiny little bit, put it in GameStop and just see what happens. Um, and the funny thing about it was my financial guy who's usually explaining you know, economics to me, I was actually explaining shit. He said, he said so game, like, what even is GameStop? You know, because everyone's now asking that question, people that aren't sure. in our world. And I was explaining it to him and why, you know, it's it's kind of a moribund business um, and how, you know, cloud streaming and discless consoles are eventually going to put it out of business and they're fr frantically trying to find a way to stay relevant as a, as a brick and mortar business. It's an Quite interesting topic all right. by itself. You know what I mean? Now we're going to get to that alongside <laughs> yeah, not, EA Sports bringing back college football, <laughs> Mass Effect Legendary so Edition news and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news need know about. If you like that, be part of the show over on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. On Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games, of course, you can write in to ask us questions. You can write in to squad up. You can get the show ad free and you can get it with the exclusive post show we do each and every weekday. 
day. However, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. You can watch live as we record it on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, just like Petey Popoff is, Crush Lemons is, and Lexi Gunner is. Of course, if you're watching live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games rooster teeth and listening on podcast services around the globe note for chat such a huge news day i didn't get a chance to do this so you get to your wrong me before i even get there how the hell do i pronounce the tall lady's name in resident evil that's our last news story dimitrescu is that how i do it i mean if if it's meant to be a if it meant to be like a romanian type name then yeah all right, then if that, that if Gary's right, let me know. And if Gary's wrong, let me know. and We'll figure it out later. Housekeeping for you, as I said, it's a huge news day here on Kind of Funny Games Daily, but it's a huge day of content for Kind of Funny Games as well. Right now on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, you can get, go get the brand new PS I Love You XOXO. But more importantly, Andy Cortez in Paris Lily have filed their Mass Effect Legendary preview as a first impression over on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. We're going to give you the bullet points of what it's like with this Mass Effect Legendary Edition but they got to see a whole bunch of it. They get to talk about what they see. They get to, they saw the game in action. They saw a long presentation. They're talking about it. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. Uh, over on Patreon.com slash kind of funny games, uh, we have the games cast today recording live. We're going to be talking about the true value of Xbox Game Pass. So please feel free to come and watch that. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Graham of Legend, David Mintel, Trent Berry, Blackjack, Louise uh, Guier. Uh, no, I can't be right. At eight bit Louise. At eight bit Louise. Tweet how to well, Kevin. How, how do I how do I pronounce this? That's not right. I don't know. I'm not how even to, looking the way you're looking. Thanks, Louise. buddy. Always help. Eight bit Louise. Aguera. Tweet me and Aguera. 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 I can't roll Aguera. my R like you. Aguera. I'm sorry, that, I, I think the last one good. Uh, D- James Davis at James Davis Makes, and then the nanobiologist. Today we're brought to you by Brooklyn and Honey, but I'll tell you about that later. There's no time to waste. Let's get into what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> time for some news. I, guess I like it. One of the things I like about this Tuesday. Yeah, it was the Roper Report. <laughs> Gary, you you can't look upset. You know he doesn't stop the do to dudes till I, I say I, I, how I, many I, knows. I, I just I just made him even more passive aggressive. Um, <laughs> I just I was gonna say I like this move to Tuesday because you know I used to complain that Wednesday oh. just kind of seemed to be like a shitty news. Yeah. I never got any interesting news to report on since I moved to Tuesday. The headlines have been coming. This is a big day. It was so great. It was, you know, you and me sold blessing such a lemon when he, his first Wednesday, he was like, is it always this slow? And we were like laughing with our cigars. Like, yes, it is. You dumb bastard. Enjoy it. Now look at us just here. There's too much to news. There's too much. (laughs) We can't get through it all. Uh, Number one. And let me tell you, it was a fight for what should be number one. Should it be mass effect? I figured we already have the mass effect first impression up. Should it be uh, the stadia thing? I was like, well, technically that happened like right as we signed off yesterday. So that's a little bit old. Instead, we're going to go with number one. EA Sports College Football is back. Kevin, I have a link there. Please show it. This is how they announced it today, ladies and gentlemen, making so many dreams come true. They put up a tweet. It's a little image that says college football is coming back, right? Kevin, you shrunk it, and I was looking on your screen. Uh, and it's got a whole bunch of the, yeah, there it is, the ticker tape parade. There are all the, the confetti on the ground in the end zone or whatever on the sidelines. And then, of course, uh, the tweet said, for those who never stop believing, dot, 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 hashtag EA Sports College Football. Uh, I was concerned as a huge college football fan that that was, and a huge fan of the college football EA games that used to be NCAA football that's all we would get for in the meantime they said you know go follow our twitter account instead they put out a press release and we have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about the press release reads like this today electronic arts incorporated a worldwide leader in interactive entertainment and sports gaming and clc the nation's leading collegiate trademark licensing company announced the expected return of college football the ea ea sports The partnership allows for EA Sports to be the exclusive developer of simulation college football video game experiences. Development of EA Sports college football is just underway, with launch timing still to come as the project progresses in the years ahead. For two decades, EA Sports entertained millions of fans by recreating the unparalleled pageantry of college football. The EA Sports college football franchise was a consistent top five sports title in North America during its previous run, generating tens of millions of unit sales from 2005 to 2014. 
In recent years, college football has been one of the most requested games by fans from EA Sports, and today EA is confirming plans for its official return. Quote, we've heard from millions of passionate fans requesting the return of college football video games, said Cam Weber, EA Sports, EVP, and GM. We love the energy, tradition, and pageantry of college football, and I am beyond thrilled to say we are back in development. We have a lot of really exciting work ahead of us and a great team that is eager to bring a new game to players in the next couple of years, end quote. The franchise will deliver authentic college football experiences and the high-quality gameplay that fans have long, long loved in college football games from EA Sports. Uh, through the CLC partnership, the franchise will include the rights to more than 100 institutions featuring the logos, stadiums, uniforms, game day traditions, and more that fans have come to know and love. While this college game will not include student-athletes' names, images, and likenesses, EA Sports is continuing to watch those developments closely. Well, hard stop there, Gary. I have wanted this for so long. I have missed NCAA games. I used to, you know, do a whole bunch of coverage for them at IGN. I play. This is. I think you know. I love. I love Madden. I don't play Madden anymore annually or anything like that, Gary. NCAA, I would play every year, and that it, that had started on what the Genesis. I remember playing those EA Sports college game days and stuff like that there, all the way through to when they stopped doing it. Do you care? Do you have a rat's ass at all about this, Gary? Um, in in a way, no, and in a way, yes. About the I, I, when you told me, Greg, this morning before the show, I said, "Oh, did it go away?" I didn't know. Like, I there's that sure. how much I track it. I was aware that EA for the longest time had these two football franchises, Madden and NCAA, and I never really played or cared about either because I don't care about American football and I care about college football even less. Um, it's it's completely just it's it's something other other people are interested in I, dude honestly, no you know that's it's it's like me with soccer or me with yeah, hockey like yeah. i'm like oh I'm, I, that's cool you like it. it's just not my thing but i understand how many of these teams have their built-in fan base because you know so you went to mizu so you you know you follow your alma mater's team i i get that so yeah um and that's true in you know nba and all kinds of college sports as well it's not nba but, you know the college basketball and you know march madness yeah, yeah. and all that so i i so i'm not even going to try to speak to any of that the one thing that does that I do know about this world and and I've been aware of for a long time is that these the athletes don't get paid right, right. and I think that and I know that this has been a controversy for a long time and I think that's an absolute uh outrage people you know the, the, so colleges make huge fucking amounts of money right yeah. off off of off of football right I, I wouldn't I, I again I'm not gonna I, I I don't know tell me if I'm wrong but I'm guessing that for these for these teams at these, these colleges that have like the big teams like you know Notre Dame and you know I, that's literally the only one I can fucking think of right now but like those are those are huge <laughs> huge huge money makers for those colleges right huge money makers yeah, yeah. in terms of the admissions the licensing the merchandising 100% you know it, it pretty much yeah, yeah, up a lot of these colleges and you hear about all these scandals where I know that you're supposed to kind of keep your grades up but we also know there are like a ways around that well they'll they'll make you know concessions for players who aren't yeah. very great academically because they're brilliant on the football field and they want them to play so there's all kinds of bullshit that goes on behind the scenes the big the biggest controversy for me is that the athletes don't get paid and they are the backbone of the sport right you don't show up to see the fucking guys in the back office or the fucking you know senior vice president of uh, product licensing uh, you go you go to see the athletes they're the backbone of all this they're the reason why the thing exists and they don't profit off of any of this i know it's been a scandal for a long long time that they go out there they play they you know they sweat their guts out for the team and they don't and and, and the colleges don't pay them it's it's absolutely disgraceful and what i think is fascinating now about this latest news that it's coming back but there won't be real players in it just goes to show how fucking far these people will go to not pay these athletes. It's like, well, we could put the real athletes in and yeah. pay them, or we could just not put them, put, put them in the game altogether and just have a bunch of fucking randomly generated players and save a bit of money. And, that, so, and, and they'll, they'll do anything to not pay the players, and I think that's disgraceful. So I'm excited for this one because, you know, Gary, you come in, and I understand you, you know, you're great at the knee-jerk reaction. You, you're great at pulling from little things you know and blah, blah, blah. This is something I'm passionate about, and I'm excited that this is back, and I'm excited to have a real conversation with it because the Washington Post has a great point. Yeah, educate me. I, I will pick it up right here. Fuck the NCAA. They are fucking horrible. All right. And the tide is turning. This is EA reading the tea leaves. So many people read, saw this, right? While the college game will not include student athletes, names, images, and likenesses, EA sports is continuing to watch those developments closely. That second half kind of fall fell away. And people are like, Oh, they don't want to pay the athletes. They don't want to do this. Right. Blah, 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 blah. When, 
that's not EA Sports. That's not even the CLC. That's the NCAA getting in the way of this. And I know the common refrain when people want to do this of like, uh, well, you know, you say the athletes aren't paid. Of course, they have scholarships. Yes, some of them have scholarships. The overwhelming majority of NCAA athletes do not have scholarships. They are participating in doing this and going out and doing their sport and having people come to the stadiums to watch them, whether it be a small volleyball match, whether it be a gymnastics meet, whether it be a huge uh, Big Ten football school. Like There are different athletes involved here on all sorts of different ranges that there's got to be a way to pay them for their things. And the other shoe is going to fucking drop on these clowns of the NCAA who have kept these people at arm's length forever and screwed them over on these opportunities so let's talk about that we're gonna go to the washington post over there mike hume and uh rick mays had this report i'm joining it already going fans of the game have long pushed for its revival but its return was complicated by the ongoing debate around college players legal right to capitalize on their name image and licensing rights nil which is currently forbidden by ncaa eligibility rules The NIL controversy is at the heart of why EA Sports abandoned college sports titles nearly a decade ago. Ed O'Banion, a former UCLA basketball player, sued the NCAA, Collegiate Licensing Company, the CLC, who we're talking about in the past article, and EA Sports in 2009 for the use of his likeness in its, quote, NCAA basketball games without permission or compensation. EA Sports and the CLC settled in 2014 for $40 million, and EA Sports pressed the pause button on all of its uh, college sports titles. Weber, again, this is Cam Weber from EA up top, said the game's rosters will be comprised of players with randomly generated names, numbers, and attributes, thereby avoiding potential infringement of any current player's name, image, or likeness rights. Here, of course, is the the catch-22 they always put into this. Users will have the ability to customize their program to their liking inside the game, however. When I was, when it's, I shouldn't say, when I, I say when I was playing NCAA, like I wouldn't be playing it right now if it still existed. The thing was always, they would put together a team, it would be loosely based on your squad or whatever, but you could go, and this is even in PS2 days, download a save file, put it onto your memory card, put it into your, your uh, system, and then it would have somebody else who spent all this time making their, making the, you know, the Clemson Tigers be the Clemson Tigers yeah, and the Zoo Tigers be the Tigers. Put all that in the there. Day, Greg, back in the day, Greg, in the world yeah. that I do understand, like, you know, FIFA always had the, all the official uh, player rights and the, the big rival game, Pro Evolution Soccer, uh, Pro Evo didn't have the player uh, names and squad, and a lot of a lot of unofficial soccer games don't have that. But yeah, they always let, they always insert that back door for you to put it in yourself, and you can go download a little file yep. that will that will fill out the roster with the real recognizable you know names and, and teams and so forth. So back to what's going on at the Washington Post, though. By using generic players, EA Sports hopes to sidestep the hot-button issue of NIL rights and compensation. The relaunch of the football series comes as amateurish model as the amateurish model that has long ruled college sports faces legal and political attacks on multiple fronts. Five states have already passed legislation addressing an athlete's ability to earn money off use of their name, image, and likeness, and more than two dozen others are considering bills. While the NCAA Division One, or I'm sorry, NCAA's Division One Council expressed a willingness last year to open the door opportunities, the Division I Board of Directors tabled the matter at its annual meeting last month while reiterating its commitment to, to adopting new rules allowing student-athletes to benefit from their name, image, and likeness. That's an end quote there. The O'Bannon case spurred several other legal challenges, and the NCAA has been forced to play defense in courtrooms and before state and federal lawmakers in recent years. The Supreme Court is hearing an antitrust case this spring that will examine the NCAA's authority, uh, authority, consider money-making opportunities afforded to athletes, and perhaps further blur the line between amateurs and professionals. The deal between EA Sports and CLC includes licenses for more than 100 schools in the uh, FBS subdivision, including logos, stadiums, mascots, and fight songs, as well as licenses around the college football playoff. EA intends to pursue additional licensing agreements with the remaining members of the FBS, according to Weber. Quote, it's up to each individual school to make that decision, but we are very optimistic, Weber said. Notably, Weber signaled EA Sports' interest in pursuing rights to college player likenesses should they become available, saying also there is no real way to do so at the moment. Quote, we're designing the game so it can stand on its own without the use of player, name, image, likeness, uh, Weber said, adding that EA, quote, will be ready and excited to participate in a future where those rights become available. Quote, we're not relying on it, Weber said, but the game will be designed in a way so that in the future, if there is a way to integrate them, we would be able to or we would do so, end quote. So 
Long story short, what I love about this story, what I love about college football or EA Sports college football is they are betting that this is going to be done. You know what I mean? The, the initial press release talks about the, you know, that they are working on this and it's, you know, going to be coming in the coming years. And this is what like they're starting development on it. This is not a game you're getting this fall. It's not a game I bet you're getting next fall. It's out there. And I think they're doing it where they're hedging their bets that they might be able to line this up, that this game comes out when NCAA has to back down and figure this out or that right after launch or, you know, a year after launch, they're able to update it with whatever it needs to be, which is all good, yeah. I think. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of a bummer for players as well, you know. I mean, imagine if I know that the players aren't as recognizable as the NFL players, but imagine if Madden was the real team names but a bunch of made up players. Like you want to see, you know, for, I, I mean, I don't personally want to see Tom Brady, but you know, a lot of people want to see Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and um fucking Gronk and the and you know, the players that they they're literally the only three football players I can think of. Uh, they want they, they want to see the recognizable names and faces, just like in FIFA. I want to see Cristiano Ronaldo and Harry Kane and Lionel Messi and uh Young San and I might I want to see my favorite players. Like, oh wow, that's my favorite player, and there he is. I want to see those things. Um and so the fact that you're not getting that, but just instead of just a bunch of like random names and faces, I think, you know, kind of detracts uh from the game. Uh, and I and I do think if, if it's a, there has to be a simpler way of doing it than what when they say when they say oh we don't want to infringe on uh, players' likenesses rights well there's another way to avoid infringing on them fucking pay them mm -hmm. pay for the rights mm -hmm. and I understand that you don't necessarily want to get into individual licensing deals with every single player because that just seems really unwieldy you're dealing with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of players across the entire you know NCAA uh, spectrum with all of those teams. But the NCAA needs to find a way to come up with some blanket way to license out their player names and likenesses and compensate the players. I, I would imagine also that some of these NCAA players would be thrilled to have their likeness in the game or to, you know, Oh my God, they all would. I covered this. On the cover of NCAA, would be, be on the cover. Who do they put on the cover of the game? Like, I mean, it's, they, like, it's always somebody who just graduated. It's always somebody right. who isn't in the NCAA anymore. You can still, you, once right. they're out of the NCAA system, once they're out of college football, you can Look, pay them for these, their likeness to do this thing. I, I understand that scholarships and there's uh, other kind of programs and things, and these, these top, the elite athletes get a lot of benefits that regular students don't. And that's, that's good, but I don't think it's enough. A lot, the, a lot of these players, you know, especially the really, really good ones, um, you know, I remember when Tim Tebow was like a, mm -hmm. a, a hot college and it was, like, oh, he's, he's going to be like the next big NFL star. And he went off and, and he was, he was like a big draft pick. You know, the, the first season he became available. So, you know, you've got these players that are right on the kind of the edge of like, you know, the, the NFL. They're just as good as some of these NFL players. They certainly work just as hard. They're putting themselves at just as much physical risk because, you know, there's just as much risk of concussion or brain injury in the NCAA as there's in the NFL. We're just starting to get to the bottom of how dangerous this sport is. I wouldn't let my kid. If I had a son, I wouldn't let him play American football. Fuck that. It's way too dangerous. Play something else. Um, it's just not worth it. So they put, they, they're literally putting their kind of life and limb and yeah, on the line, and they're giving everything for their team. These colleges are making huge fucking amounts of money. The coaches are paid huge amounts of money. They're paid so much money, and the, and the success of these teams are so fundamental to these. I mentioned Notre Dame earlier. Remember when Notre Dame turned a blind eye to fucking egregious sexual abuse? Sandusky, Who was yeah. that? Who Sandusky, that fucking yeah. guy, Paterno, who looked the other way. Oh, wait, and, yeah, but that's Penn State. Oh, that was sorry. That, I, was, that was Penn State? I thought it was yeah, Notre Dame. Yeah. No, 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 no. Like, no my no, mistake. No, no, so again, it shows how little I know. But, the, but the, the, the point is, this is how far they will go to protect how much money they can make off of these teams. Well, um, and that's my whole thing, if just, I can have just, a second. Just pay, just, just pay the players, Greg. It's not difficult. Pay the players. And the, and that's the thing where, like, I see, I understand the argument of their scholarship pays them. That's what it, like... The scholarship these people are getting for your tuition to this university is a drop in the bucket of what this university is making off of them, putting them on the souvenir cups, selling their jer their jersey with their number on it, you know, doing all these different things, having them work a PR schedule of, you know, you're practicing, you're going to school, you have to keep your grades up, you also have to make this appearance, you have to go to this radio talk show, you have to do this thing. And I understand, like, oh, woe is me, these people are gods on campus, and yada, yada, yada. Like, these are kids that they're they're abusing, that they're they're taking advantage of, and I do think deserve to be rewarded for that, so they can have a better station in life when you're talking about Gary the majority of NCAA players do not NCAA football players do not go to the NFL you know hopefully and even right now with the FCF we're working on right we're getting a lot of a lot of good kids who are coming over from college football but a drop in the bucket of the available out there you do four years you, your your football life is over and then you go and you get a regular job and you go do this thing and like why not help these people in some way with a, a stipend a thing a, a, a royalty imagine, reward imagine. system like Imagine if I was like a hot college prospect, like a top NCAA player. Sure, middle linebacker, I, I could see it. 
And I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and you're looking at, um, I'm looking at Madden and these guys on the cover of Madden in the game. And I, I, I'm a college kid, so I play video games. I'm thinking, man, what a thrill it would be. They're bringing NCAA back. Man, I'm, am I going to get to have my likeness digitized and put in a video game? And they're like, no, nah, we're not going to do that. You're going you're, you're, you're gonna to be uh, Joey Jojo Shabadoo. With Yo, a fucking made up face. Love that player. Love that player. Okay. <laughs> Andy, you I'm listen to Dan Levitar. They're talking about JoJo Shabadoo all the Jojo time. JoJo Shabadoo, absolutely. You're going to be Joey JoJo Shabadoo with an algorithmically generated face. I'm like, but why can't, why can't I be me? Well, yeah. because we don't want to infringe on your image rights. You don't have to infringe. Let's have that conversation. You can yeah. get my image rights. Yeah, but if we do that for you, we've got to do it for everyone. Keep going. You're so close. NCAA is a bloated, archaic institution that is the boot on the neck of a lot of different college athletes (laughs) that they are profiting from, that they are doing all this stuff for. That they should get the fuck out of the way. I'm glad people are taking them to court. I'm glad that EA is looking down the. And again, if EA is all super villainy as everybody wants to make them out to, looking out their window, whatever, they're seeing that this is how this is going to go. They see that there's only one way this can end. And it is that thing, Gary, where. As a fan of college football and a fan of the college football games, this will be my final thing. And I know some people don't care about this shit. I'm excited just to be able to go back to, you know, for Field and play as the Missouri Tigers. And, you know, as somebody who hasn't watched a lot of Mizzou this season, I couldn't even tell you who's on the team and yada, yada, yada. It doesn't matter to me, especially when you get into dynasty and we're talking about, you know, I'm playing 10 years of a dynasty and who's there now and all this different stuff. But I want to see the kids taken care of and I want to see the players taken care of. And I know there are a huge, uh, when I was in college, I would spend those nights before they had them uploaded going through and renaming the Mizzou roster to actually be the actual team from the, you know, mutigers.com. So. Get the and, fuck and, out of the and, way and see the And I want to just make, because I already touched on this. I know I said earlier that, like, yes, it would be unwieldy to, to negotiate individually with every player. What the NCAA needs to do is come up with some kind of blanket arrangement where they can sell the rights to all the players on their roster to EA and then take that money and co- fucking compensate the players. This doesn't have to be that complicated. The other, other professional sports leagues do it this way. The NCAA can do it, but they just don't want to... One of the hardest things to do in the world is to get someone who's used to getting someone you, you get to take someone or so, some entity that's used to getting something for free and then asking them to pay for it. The NCAA has been used to has been used to the the foundational service of the athletic services of these players getting it for free and making a huge amount of money because you know there's no they're not paying them they're just making money off them they've been used to that for decades. Trying to change that, it's like trying to unionize. It's like, oh shit! Like, why? Why would we change change the status quo in a way that like doesn't benefit us, the owners? You know, the 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 bosses. Yeah. See, that's it's the thing. Really, Final- it's really really hard. The final thing to move on is that the NCAA, when you look at it, is supposed to be there protecting student athletes. The NCAA is not. It's protecting the NCAA, no. and that's long and short of it. It's protecting their bottom line and their paycheck and their fucking board, and they can all fuck off. But hey, you're Gary, number two. Hey, hey Gary, it's me, Andy Cortez, <laughs> yeah. really quick. Hello, Paul, Andy. Paul Christ, the 25th highest paid coach in the NCAA, is paid $4.1 million. Hey, so, 20, so Andy, the 25th it's, highest paid coach, and Nick Saban is the highest paid $9.3 million. Explain to me how that's okay, but playing, playing, paying the players zero. Uh, okay. I give them a scholarship, Gary. They get free room and board. For anybody in chat saying, guys, you're getting a scholarship, cool. Great. I mean, delete your account, walk away from, like, just... That's 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 like that's like saying if you work at this hotel, we'll give you a free room in the hotel. But that's all you fucking get. We're not actually going to pay you any salary. You get ridiculous. You might as well be in prison. It's mad. Number two on the Roper Report. We're talking about Mass Effect Legendary Edition. That's why Andy's here because him and Paris are talking about it over on YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. Andy, how good does this Mass Effect Legendary Edition look? Looks real good, Greg. See you later. Have a good (laughs) (laughs) show. Let me read. I'm going to give you the rundown here. The boilerplate if you didn't uh, see the video yet or read anything else. And then we can get into it, Andy. For those looking to re-experience the Acclaim trilogy or jump in for the first time, EA and BioWare have announced that Mass Effect Legendary Edition Collection will be available worldwide on May 14th for PC via Origin and Steam, PS4, and Xbox One. While there won't be a specific next-gen version available, the Legendary Edition will be available to play on PS5 and Xbox Series X and S via backwards compatibility. EA has confirmed that the Legendary Edition includes the single-player content for Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2, and Mass Effect 3, along with more than 40 pieces of downloadable content, including story expansions, weapon, 
and armor packs. And all the content will be playable in 4K Ultra HD with HDR, according to EA. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. I'm reading This is from IGN.com. I'm reading Jonathan Dornbush's article. My apologies. I left that off. Uh, the entire collection includes, quote, remastered character models and tens of thousands of up-res textures, improvement shaders, two shaders in VFX, updated lighting, and improved dynamic shadows, volumetrics, and depth of field, according to the announcement, with pre-rendered cinematics also enhanced. Specifically for the original Mass Effect, EA announced that it will have, quote, comprehensive world-building enhancements with added detail and depth to locations like Eden Prime, Eos, and Pharos, alongside improved interfaces and UI, plus a ton of of quality-of-life additions. EA has also confirmed that the original Mass Effect's combat and exploration have been modernized with better aiming, squad controls, and behavior, Mako handling, and cameras. Character creation options will work across all three games, and those creation options include, quote, improved and expanded selection of hair, makeup, and skin tone options, with FemShep from M- M- Mass Effect 3 becoming the default female shepherd option for all three games. That is a lot of jargon from old Johnny Dornbush at IGN.com. Uh, Andy, you are a huge Mass Effect fan. You have, a Ma- you have an N7 sticker on your car. Talk to me about this. It's just exciting stuff. Uh, everything that they showed us, the uh, it was a pleasure doing that video with with Paris Lily, and the uh, in the video I bring up that the first shot that they showed us was the remade Femshep kind of being standardized across the whole trilogy, and it it, it looked real rough. It was mid animation. <laughs> she was making a weird face, and I was, I, I was in a group thread with Tam and uh, Lucy James, and I was like. This doesn't look good, right? And they're like, no, this is bad. And then everything from then on looked fantastic. So luckily, we just kind of got the the first thing that we saw just didn't look too great. Uh, and everything from then on improved and improved. Um, yeah, I based on what they were teasing this sort of legendary tri- uh, edition remake trilogy to be, I thought it was going to be a little bit closer to like if we're gonna if we're gonna put um uh demon souls remake on one end of the spectrum and if sure. we're gonna put um kingdoms of amalur re-reckoning on the other end you know i thought it was gonna yeah. be closer to a remake more than a remaster okay but i also kind of overlooked all the stuff that needed to just be fixed uh systematically right when we're talking about uh, just the feel and control and design and a lot of work and attention was put into Mass Effect 1 because that they kept on bringing up the word friction and how that game didn't feel great to control. Yeah. And they went deep into the systems and added a bunch of aim assist on controller. And uh, hopefully that game's going to feel and control a lot better when you're trying to just shoot people or when you're trying to control the Mako because a lot of updates Oof, were put rough. there. Yeah the, yeah, the Mako was updated quite a bit as well. Uh, aside from that, all the visual improvements, they, they showed a really, really awesome shot in conversation when you are having one of the, one of these conversations on the, uh, on the Normandy and they show your character that you have created kind of close up. Here's the old version. Here's the new version and the new version. They add all sorts of camera effects, bokeh, depth of field, um, really nice kind of, uh, bloom in the background. They don't overdo bloom when it doesn't need to be overdone. And it, it everything looks great. They showed us stuff that you don't see in the trailer, but they showed us character turnarounds for all of the kind of main squad. It's like the squad made oh, yeah. preview. And all the characters are rotating, and it shows you, here's how they used to look, here's how they look now. And uh, it's just so exciting to see this, this fresh coat of paint. How's Garrus uh, look? How's my boy Garrus look? Oh, my God. Uh, Greg Garrus has never looked better. But Thane, Thane looks uh, insane. Thane yeah. looks so goddamn good. But yeah, it looks to be like a pretty big, um, a pretty big task to bring all of these trilogies and kind of standardize the looks to all of them, make them all kind of seem like they are a part of the same universe. Uh, because you know, several years, uh, there are several years that have gone between all these different games, so it's it's really exciting to see them kind of have a a similar look to all, um, throughout the whole franchise. And ladies and gentlemen, co-host of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, Paris Lilly has joined this as well. Hello, Paris. Hey, what's going on? I was in the chat, and I, and I was like, I got to chime in to simply <laughs> say this. I, and you tweeted this as well. I was shocked to see how many people haven't played Mass Effect, and this is going to be their first experience with the Mass Effect, the original trilogy. I'm kind of I'm envious of those people, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm so envious because with these improvements that they've made, even more specifically to Mass Effect 1, 
it's going to bring it closer to the quote unquote current generation of gaming. So people are going to be in for a treat, man. It's, it's, it's a special trilogy. Uh, they put together i'm a huge fan of mass effect too but just the overall story the fact that you're going to be able to bring that fem ship from mass effect 3 all the way back to mass effect 1 now as far as the character creation goes yeah along with you know all the texture improvements they're doing the the lighting that they're doing like uh, andy was saying that you know they've made some control improvements as well it, it's going to be great it's re- it's going to be really good and one thing we talked about in the uh first impressions is the elevator you can skip all that now because of the faster loading time so you don't have to just sit in that elevator for minutes at a time and they i still will i need to remember (laughs) i need to feel it that that was mass effect to me yeah 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 but it's gonna be good may 14th i'm definitely gonna be there uh day one really looking forward to it yeah i can't wait Uh, you know i love mass effect 2 i enjoy mass effect 3 mass effect 1 i remember trying to get into and i couldn't and it's for a lot of the problems that you know they seem to be fixing in terms of how it felt i was the friction right i did bounce off early i'm excited to get back Uh, gary what is your mass effect uh resume oh i'm a huge i'm I'm sure i've spoken about it before i'm a huge 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 mass effect fan mass effect 2 um has got it is probably in the top five games I've ever played. It's absolutely unbelievable. Mass Effect One, great game, a really, really, really good game. Had some issues. Um, Mass Effect Two, close to perfection. Absolutely the best game of the 360 PS3 uh, generation. One of my all-time favorite games. I even really like. I know Mass Effect Three had its detractors, but I fucking loved even you know the the ending and all that kind of stuff. Notwithstanding, um, Mass Effect Three is also a fantastic game. And then one of the nice things about the uh, Legendary Edition, I had a chance to kind of read up on it a little bit this morning and watch the trailer right before I came on uh, with you. Is it includes all the DLC and the DLC is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Andy, will remember this? Andy, you ever play the Shadow Broker DLC? That shit oh my was God. amazing. Of course, you oh, who didn't play? So yeah, I mean, I, I I was struggling to think of um, of the Citadel DLC, which is the final send off DLC for the whole franchise that really ties everything together. And it was more of a, there's not a whole lot to do story-wise in this. There's a couple action sequences, but it's mostly to fit in the humor to kind of get a, a, a goodbye to all of these characters that you've come to love over all these franchises. But yeah, Gary, I mean, the DLC is just packed with so many important moments so and so many important character interactions. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. And the funny thing is, even, even though they're leading with the 4K um remaster the graphics because that's the thing that they can put on screen that's the thing that's immediately noticeable you know they can do the split screen comparison you go yeah this game got a real glow up and so that's what they're leading with because that's the thing that they can that's most immediately obvious but i think what's really going to make the difference both for new players and old is going to be a lot of these other quality of life improvements i remember them saying that it took them took them a little bit longer to get this right because they wanted to go back and fix things like the mega nobody really liked piloting the mako right it was a, it was a it was a it was a pig to control and those mako vehicle parts of the game weren't a lot of fun as i recall and just a million different things you know you learn something you learn a bunch of things uh, you know bioware's okay this is a bunch of shit that we could have done better with mass effect one let's fix that in mass effect two and then likewise into three and so you go back and look at mass effect one now and it's like oh this is actually kind of clunky compared to the quality of gameplay and controls and polish that we're used to the from the later mass effect games so for them to go back and bring everything up to that standard i think it's fantastic the elevators we joke about that but that's a serious thing so i'm playing yakuza like a dragon right now which by the way put me on a 10-hour games cast on that fucking game i would talk all day about that what a, what a fucking amazing game one of the amazing things about it it's the first game for me that really really shows how incredible it is to have these faster load times like the, mm-hmm. i have the, I, the longest i've waited in yakuza to go like battle or from one area of the city to another is maybe three seconds where you'd be waiting like 30 seconds to a minute you know in some of these older games you know and that's what the the whole point of the elevators right was to basically cover the loads yeah so you had to cover the load times so now i guess those 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 elevators are going to be really really super fast and so well well, real quick one thing to keep in mind you cannot completely skip the elevators they that because this is still essentially an Unreal Engine three, and we had some, some uh, I, I I completely misunderstood what happened in the presentation. I thought they moved everything to Unreal four, and it, everything stayed in Unreal three because of the technical limitations. But the Mako or the elevator time has gone down from fifty eight seconds in one of the scenes down to fourteen. So it's still there because this isn't. This isn't like Demon Souls remake where everything's just sort of been completely remade and Demon Souls you can grind uh, all day and night and and just uh, that sounded dirty. 
That sounded pretty nasty. You can grind a bunch and then just kind of reload in a second and reload that whole environment or whatever. Uh, There is still time in the elevator, but you can essentially keep... Uh, skip the conversations that have yeah there uh, were com- i mean that was the thing too like if you haven't played mass effect remember mass effect is all about the story and the connections to the characters so like yeah while the elevators are a joke because they were so long there were conversations in there you wanted to hear it would just be right. that sometimes those conversations would end and they did a good job of essentially giving giving you a magazine to read while you wait yeah right? but the point is now you don't have to wait any longer than necessary we know now from looking at other games like you know again yakuza is the one i'm looking at right now a game that traditionally a big open world game like that where you're constantly like loading in new areas you like in 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 two hours of playing a game you might five or ten minutes of that you might just be waiting in load screens and that's all gone now and and so the and yeah andy makes a good point bioware did such a good job of making the wait interesting you might still want to do the wait in the same way that like swinging around the city in spider-man was so interesting you often didn't want to use the the fast travel because it was more interesting to do it you know the old-fashioned way so i'm super excited about it it's mass effect is one of those games i usually just blow through games and i don't really care about all the collectibles in the mass effect games i read every single codex entry on every planet all of the shit that you crazy usually kind of blow because because the world building is so fucking good and the characters and the story are so amazing um, that you just want to consume all of it and just live in that world. It's been years since I played a Mass Effect game. I still think about Mass Effect two or three times a day. I'm not even joking. It's such a pervasive world. It gets under your skin. It, it, as a piece of science fiction, it's just really, 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 really good. And I usually don't go back and revisit games that I have fond memories of because I'm like, ah, oh, you know, leave, leave my memory of it like sure. preserved in amber. I don't want to go back just think, but I know that I'm going to love going back to the world of Mass Effect. I'm excited. The, I, I really am jonesing to go back and to the, it, yeah. it, it. It's kind of like, you know, like when the Lord of the Rings movies came out, right? You watched each one as it came out and that was cool. But then when they brought it all out as a box set and you could like marathon the whole trilogy, like you're going to be able to do that with these games. Now, obviously it will take a lot longer because you're looking at what, like probably 200 hours or more to play all three of those yeah. games through yeah. with every side quest and all the DLC, maybe even more than that. But like, you're going to love doing it. And I'm going to enjoy going back and revisiting it. Fortunately, I think it's been long enough that a lot of it's going to feel new to me. It's like, oh shit, I remember this. Or wait, did I do this before? Like some of it's going to be a bit fuzzy, but I am genuinely, um, you know, there's certain movies and certain games that you love so much that you actually almost wish you could eternal sunshine it out of your brain. So you yeah. could go back and experience it again for the first time. That's why I'm envious of the people that Paris was talking about saying, oh shit, I've never played Mass Effect. You're going to get to have like the, a better Mass Effect first time experience than we ever had because it's going to get remastered. Everything's going to everything's going to be better than it, it be was fu- before. More fun to shoot in number one oh for sure. God. I'm excited for Blessing wait. Jr. to experience it. Yeah, yeah. Blessing's was Blessing even born when the Mass Effect games came out? <laughs> he didn't know. He doesn't know anything about the mass relays. He doesn't know anything about. He probably anything. couldn't have met the ESRB requirements when those games. Probably first came that's out. a great Greg, point. Uh, or Gary, I totally agree with you with all the the codex entries because it oh, came yeah. at a time where I just couldn't, I couldn't afford a whole lot of other games. So like all of my time went to Mass Effect. <laughs> Blessings and in so the chat. It's it's not like I had time to play any other games. It was just it was just Mass Effect at that time. So like. Yeah, I was deep in those codex uh, entries, just reading every bit of lore possible. And uh, it's the first kind of world that really sucked me in in that way. I'm really excited to get back. Are you going to stream it, Andy? Seems like a perfect one for you to stream. Oh, totally. I mean, just to kind of re-experience all those moments. Like, I'm going to, I will cry a lot. (laughs) I can't wait. Yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah, Blessings in the chat, and he says, I'm 26. Well... I don't. Is that supposed to justify? I, we're trying to say we're trying to give you an out. Mass Effect have come out came out in two thousand seven, right? So fourteen years ago. He was three. Yeah. So he was twelve. <laughs> and I, yeah, what was it rated? What was the original? Mass it Effect would have been T fourteen, so he wouldn't have made it. I was fucking yeah, exactly. Right. You nailed it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. I'm, I don't. I got. I don't have a box art here for it. Yeah. Uh, I love blessing. Yeah. Well, you know, I can take him or leave him. Uh, luckily, it's May 14th, the release date. We'll know then. Uh, and of course, luckily, nothing's happening around then. Oh, wait, as Shinobi points out on Twitter, April 30th, Returnal. A- uh, May 7th, Resident Evil 8. May 14th, Mass Effect Legendary Death Edition. May 21st, Deathloop. May 24th, Biomutant. Man, that's going to be a crazy, crazy month. May 26th, that's my down- that's Quello's the- birthday. May 26th. And and summer is supposed to be the dead zone for big video game releases. We'll see what we get to there. It's it's like, it's like video games are turning into like summer movies. Now the thing about it is like, that's, I am so excited for this, but I'm so excited for it in a vacuum. 
Like I, I, I can't wait to, but like the, the thought of going Mass Effect 1, 2, 3, all the DLC and playing through all that again sounds amazing and I can't, I would love to do it, but like what is going to distract me? Death Loop I'll have to stop everything for and go see. And like, Did they say what they're charging for the Legendary Edition? I mean, I'm sure it's... Yeah, I mean, which I think is a is, is an incredible value. I was just curious. Gary, I, I had theories that they were going to aim for $39.99 because EA wanted uh, to kind of get that fan win, right, for the fans to be like, oh, good guy EA, right. awesome. Right. And then they saw Super Mario 3D Collection sell at $60, be like 10% of the work. I'm just, I'm just, you know, assuming or, you know. This is all just a guess of the amount of work that went into Super Mario 3D Collection, but it wasn't a whole lot, right? They made it I mean, HD, like compared to Mass Effect, it's it's a much yeah. smaller amount. Andy, of, of get work out of here! You made can, this point on your first you can, impressions. You YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. Everybody, go check okay, that bye, out. Okay, everybody, see you later. Gary, you, can, you, can you make, stuff a I socket. Say, you, I should say you can make that point about Super Mario, but even that aside, sixty bucks for those three games for and all three that games, DLC, all the DLC, all the stuff. You cannot complain about that. And the work they did put into it of going back and fixing oh, yeah. it and doing this stuff. Yeah, 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 don't, yeah. I, I saw some people like, do you think it's a fair price? I'm like, yes, yes, I do. I digress. I, I'm, I'm glad it's not coming out sooner than May because it might take me that long to finish Like a Dragon. Holy shit! Yeah, you better get moving because the people were excited that you're playing Like a Dragon. I have more Yakuza news for you coming up, but I'll get to that in a second. Instead, oh. right now, I'm going to tell you about our sponsors, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Brooklinen. Like Life is too short to sleep between anything less than really nice sheets, but maybe you've looked at some retailers and calculated the years of interest you'd pay on one set and gave up. Trust me, Greg Miller, go to Brooklinen. So Brooklinen was started by Rich and Vicky, who also tried to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. And when they couldn't, they founded Brooklinen as the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. They work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury-level markups. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and tastes. Brooklinen has over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. They are so confident that you will love their products. They even offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. And Brooklinen is so much more than sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear, even more. Uh, kind of funny, of course, loves Brooklinen. You know I only use their towels. I only sleep on their sheets. They were easy to get. They're affordable. They're great. They're long-lasting. I can't say enough nice things about them. Go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code GAMES to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N. En.com and enter the promo code <laughs> games to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more plus free shipping brooklinen.com use the promo code games at checkout up next is honey as you know honey is one of my favorite sponsors and i don't even need the ad because i use honey all the time i'm looking at it right here on google chrome what honey is is a free little extension you install on your web browser and what it does is save you money when you check out at online retailers there's always that little they put the promo code here and you don't have a promo code honey is this little dancing coin that drops down and it runs through all the promo codes it finds ones that the best one that'll work for you it inputs it and guess what you just saved money and if you're logged in like I am with my Google account, or I'm sure you can make a Honey account, but I use my Google account, uh, you accrue Honey coins as you go that you can then use for gift certificates on different stuff. So now let me look into here, see what I actually have to say in the nuts and bolts of this thing, right? Uh, free browser extension, nailed it. I'm Greg Miller. I'm awesome. Uh, they're the sponsor. Obviously, you knew that part. Uh, we love it, of course. You save thousands of dollars, all this stuff. Uh, Honey has found over 17 million members, more than $2 billion in savings. Honey supports all kinds of retailers from tech to and gaming sites to fashion brands to even food delivery. It's simple if you have a computer honey should be on it it's free and works with whatever browser you use you can get honey for free today at joinhoney.com slash games that's joinhoney.com slash games joinhoney.com slash games so they know we sent you thanks honey for supporting today's episode Number three on the Roper Report, Stadia has killed internal development. This is Steven Totillo over at Kotaku. Google Stadia, the late 2019 streaming platform that promised to revolutionary, revolutionize gaming uh, by letting users stream games without needing to own a powerful PC or console, is altering course, getting out of the game-making business, and will now offer its platform directly to game publishers alongside offering Stadia Pro to the public. The company is announcing the news today, which was yesterday, uh, though Kotaku began to hear rumblings from sources close to Stadia last week uh, that Google's service was heading for a major change. One games industry source told Kotaku that Google was canceling multiple projects, basically any games slated for release beyond a specific 2021 window, though they believed games close to release would still come out. Today brings some clarification. Google will close its two game studios located in Montreal and Los Angeles. Neither had released any games yet. That closure will impact around 150 developers, one source familiar with Stadia operations said. 
The company says it will not, it, I'm sorry, the company says it will try to find those developers new roles at Google. Jade Raymond, the veteran producer who helped build Assassin's Creed for Ubisoft and moved on to EA several years ago before leaving to run game creation at Stadia, is exiting the company, according to Google. Google will continue to operate the Stadia gaming service and its $10 monthly Stadia Pro service. It's unclear how many, if any, exclusive games will come to the service, though the company has indicated that it can still sign new games and will bring more third-party releases to the platform. It it nevertheless will look to many like a drawdown of the plan to have Stadia run as a bona fide competitor to console platforms. The company plans to begin offering its Stadia tech to publishers, opening up the possibility for Stadia to become the streaming tech for other video game companies. Google's head of Stadia operations, longtime console executive Phil Harrison, will focus on pursuing these new partnerships. Quote, we see an important opportunity to work with partners seeking a gaming solution all built on Stadia's advanced technical infrastructure and platform tools, Harrison wrote in a blog post today. We believe this is the best path to building Stadia into a long-term sustainable business that helps grow the industry, end quote. Google initially offered Stadia in a $129 Founders Edition bundle, which included a custom controller, a Chromecast Ultra, and three months of Stadia Pro, a subscription service that granted access to certain games. Google promoted some exciting features, including the ability to let players pass control of a live-streamed Stadia game on the fly and to share save states of games, but many of them weren't available at launch and remained in the testing phases. Gary, the thing yesterday with this one, when it popped, was... Oh my God, I can't believe it. And then whoever you said that around went, really, you can't believe it? And it wasn't that, no, of course, Stadia has been struggling forever. It's just the fact that it just came out of the blue. Were you expecting that on a Monday? Not necessarily. Where do you sit with all this information? I mean, I think like we've been waiting to hear something like this for a long time out of Stadia. Um, I don't think Stadia ever recovered from its very, 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 to put it kindly, uh, poorly executed launch, terrible launch. Um, It wasn't ready. It no. wasn't ready. I, I, I just want to say on a personal note, I take no pleasure in, in talking about this stuff. Phil Harrison, who runs Stadia, is a good friend of mine. I've known him for years, and I think he's a very smart guy. Um, something went very wrong at Stadia, and I, and I don't know who's, whose fault it is or, or, or what happened um, exactly. But you know, up until, and just to go back to the very beginning, like right up until the day before they launched, they had the chance for Stadia to be something really cool. And, and if they'd have just made the decision to hold it, like they knew what they had. Either I've talked about this before. Like either they either they didn't know it was it was it wasn't ready, in which case they're incompetent. They knew. Yeah. Or or they knew and you know that's 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 some other kind of you know unforgivable mistake. Like you like, oh let's just launch it anyway, even though we know it doesn't really work yet. Come on, and there's no real games and the business model's not there, right? Like I'm still a big believer in cloud gaming, and I think cloud gaming is gonna be huge in the next few years once you know the internet architecture to support it is fully rolled out. I think it's really, really smart. And, you know, gaming on the go and being able to get in on uh, gaming without having to, you know, buy a physical console. And I think Xbox is leading the charge with that, with, you know, the Game Pass uh, cloud streaming. And we're going to see, you know, Luna is right around the corner now. I just got like Amazon sent me an email about that the other day. Hey, get in on Luna. They've got the, the infrastructure to back it up as well. But again, so does Google. No, probably no one's got better internet infrastructure than Google. And, and, and what Stadia proves, it's not enough just to have great technology. I it's the same went- thing. We, Google's doing exactly what everybody predicted Google was going to do. That this was going to be another Google thing that they were getting into and they didn't fully yeah. understand, but they were bringing people in and jumping into it. And what was going to happen? It wasn't going to go well at launch. They were going to get cold feet and start pulling back. And that's what's happened. And now 150 yeah. people and don't have their fucking Yeah, and, th- and now it's just a question. And Jason Schreier made that same point. It's like everyone's kind of joking about it. About 150 people, you know, just got fucked over. You know, talented yeah. people who believed in something. Um, I remember the tech, the technology is good. And the concept is good. I remember going to a, a, a demo uh, of Stadia ages ago, and they showed me that. I was like, man, like the first time you see like a 4K AAA console yeah. game running on your phone seamlessly, it's like magic. It's, oh, shit, this is like a little glimpse of the future. Like the first time I ever saw an iPod or whatever, it was, oh, shit, like this is really amazing. Um, so, so the backbone for it was there. I feel like the, the, fa- the, the fundamentals uh, could have been good. Something along the, the, the way in which they rolled it out, it wasn't yet ready. The business model was bad. Wait, I have to pay a subscription and pay you a la carte for games? I can get a yeah. better deal across the street from almost anyone. So yeah. it was never competitive. The technology is not quite, you know, it was all kind of like, it wasn't on iOS. 
Um, it didn't work over white. There was yeah, it didn't work there, over there were so it, many it like okay, if you do current, this, then this. But if you do that, even, then this. And even your even your Chromecast that you had on your TV didn't work with it right out of the bat. Like if it's not working with Google's own technology, if you can't even sort out the basics, you shouldn't be launching. They should have either launched it as early access and and called it what it was. This is a bunch like did with XCloud. It's a beta. It's going to be buggy, but you know, thanks for helping us. You know, test this. But they launched it as a premium product in a box in stores and said, go play Stadia. And it wasn't ready. And you you can't, you only get one chance to make a first impression. And they fucked it up. And I don't think they, and the, and the Stadia brand, like from that from that very first day when the first um, uh, you know impressions came out, that Stadia was not ready and they shouldn't have launched it. They You can never, ever recover from that. People like, like yeah, ask anyone impression. who knows about games, what's the first thing you think of when you say, when you hear the word Stadia? Oh, a bit of a joke, really. Like, you can't ever come back from that. Done. There's just yeah. no way back. And so closing all these independent studios, sorry, closing all these all these you know, uh, um, original you know content studios down, to me, feels like the beginning of the end. I feel like one shoe has dropped. We're now Do you think, and that's my question. Dropped. Do you think they make it out of the end of the year? Do you think Stadia is still a thing? I don't know about the end of the year, but I don't think Google's around in a couple of years. I, I think Stadia. That, so Google here's, Stadia. Here's, sorry, Google will be fine. But Stadia, so... I noticed at the end of the the statement they put out, they said we remain fully committed to like Stadia's core mission of streaming, blah blah blah. Especially given, as you rightly observed, Greg, Google's habit of like throwing about a bunch of money at something, whether it be Google Glass or whatever you know, harebrained scheme they have. And I like Google that Plus. they try things. Google Plus. I like I like that they try things. You know, you, you know, the only way to, to succeed is by failing a lot. I get that. And but they but they do this all the all the time. They try something wacky, it doesn't work. They shut it down. They do the next thing. So they, okay, that's fine. That's their model. But you know, we all know that's their model, and it makes people a little bit um, uh, gun shy about buying into a company who is known for cutting and running. And why well, I just bought this controller in the service, and now you pulled the plug on it. Like what the fuck? So mm-hmm. at the end of the mm-hmm. at the end of the statement, when they said, "Oh, we remain fully committed to like the other parts of Stadia," that to me kind of felt like the statement that you read from like the owners of a professional football club after the managers like lost 10 games in a row. We remain fully committed to the manager. The next day he's sacked. Wait, there's you no know? So that, that's what's going to happen, I think. I, I, I think there's a good chance that Stadia doesn't last. It's still only in February, right? There's a good chance that um, Stadia doesn't, doesn't make it out this exist year. in 2022. Yeah. Uh, but, I cer- but I certainly think if you, if you take a long-term view, if you said to me in five years is Stadia still around, I would, I would say absolutely 100% no. I don't think it has a long-term future. No, not a chance in hell. Not a chance in the, hell. The, bra- the brand office. is the brand is too tarnished. I can see like there's no there's no no man's sky redemption story for something like Stadia. I think I don't think so. What do you think? For Stadia, no. I think they fucked it all up, and like you said, they're a joke, and there's just no way to bounce back from this and what they did. And because it's not even that they like they lied on what they were going to have at launch and what they were doing. They were launching a full fledged thing. Kevin, are you? Is there an echo you're worried about? You're saying? Yeah, I think it's coming from Andy though. Is yeah, he's still in the room. Okay. No, uh, he's, he's sending me a stream. You probably can't hear it. Gotcha. Oh, okay. okay. Um, yeah, like there and there was no way to come back from that. They didn't have a plan. I think, you know, you look at cloud streaming and you want to talk. I do think cloud streaming has a place in the future. You, you are, hit the nail on the head. It depends on the infrastructure here in the United States to get internet to, in broadband to everybody and, you know, gigabit and have to be the norm and not the craziness. Uh, I, but I, you look at how xCloud has handled it, right? They've crushed it in terms of like it was in beta. So you had all these different things. Then they slowly rolled out. They're slowly adding things to it. It's part of it. You know, Game Pass Ultimate. It's not it's a part of Ultimate. It's not the crux of Ultimate. You look at Amazon like you're talking about Luna. Like that's an exciting thing and interested to see where it goes. But again, they're yeah, they I mean, over promising out of the gate. I know. And, and again, Amazon's got the infrastructure as well, but they also try shit all the time. I mean, and, yeah. and we've just seen recently Amazon games. Like Amazon so far has put a lot of money into its game studios and has not had any success. Like just because you've got a lot of money and a lot of infrastructure doesn't mean you're guaranteed to, to have a success in the gaming world. Amazon Game Studios has proved that. Stadia is now proving that. I think for, for cloud gaming to become a really big part of the future, though, you need more than one viable player. Right now, Xbox is the only viable player. I think Sony needs to start taking this. I know, I know that they do have a, a foot in the door there, but they need to start seriously. I think we need, you know, uh, you know, Nintendo is obviously dabbling with it. You know, you can you can play control, um, you know, over cloud streaming. And I, again, basically, what's happening is I think the idea is brilliant and wonderful. And when you try, when I I played, I put um, I streamed uh, Fall Guys 
yeah. on my uh, Samsung phone with the little, you know, um, the little razor, you know, controller holder. And it was magical. It was, you know, it, it, it was, it really, really felt amazing. And I think once, you know, we have like 5G ultra wideband, you know, all over the country and that, that becomes like the base, it's going to take some, we're taking the real long-term view here, like 10, 15 years out. But when we live in some glorious future, when everyone's got like ultra wide wideband um, internet, wherever they go, 5G, 6G, it's just, it's just going to become the norm. And I do think that, you know, what we're seeing is we're going from physical game boxes with disk drives to physical game boxes without disk drives. And eventually I think you're going to see fewer and fewer physical game boxes at all, because the internet is just going to be so fucking ninja that you, that you don't need the game. You don't need the box anymore. But we're hopefully, we're, yeah, we're as you've seen apps away. and everything else go on uh, on yeah. TVs, right? That's where you hope to. But yeah, I do think like I'm glad people are taking uh, chances on it and are trying stuff out. And I'm glad people are, you know, not glad they're failing, but I'm glad they're not afraid to fail and put this stuff out. I mean, Stadia, I would have done a million different things with, but it's interesting to push it forward. But I digress. Gary, I'd put a bunch of stuff here on the back half of the Roper Report that could just be summed up in a few sentences or putting in new, new dates. So I'm going to give you a couple quick hits here, right? And not much okay. discussion for them. Number four, Judgment is coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox, and Stadia. Uh, Judgment's Tale of Murder and Mystery remaster in remastered form on Xbox Series X S, PlayStation 5, and Google Stadia arrives April 23rd for $40. Uh, Judgment takes advantage of the new hardware with refined visuals and 60 frames per second, along with improved load times and includes all the previously released DLC on these three platforms. I'm excited. Course, Do you think I would like Judgment? Should I play that? Yes, that's where I was going. I'm playing Judgment right now. I actually had started it at launch, fallen off, and then I came back when I watched Night Stalker and got it. I needed it. I wanted a detective video game. I've been playing it, and it's a detective video game mashed up with Yakuza. Like that, it's from the developers of Yakuza, obviously. It's, I, I you think know, I would like it. Taking on the fighting stuff that. and taking on the red light district and doing it, but also layering in this detective story. I'm, I'm going to wait time for that next-gen glow-up, but yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Uh, saves don't carry over, so like I picked a terrible no. time. <laughs> I picked a terrible time to start Judgment, but I'm enjoying myself and I don't care. Uh, number five on the Roper Report is one from yesterday as well. God of War is getting a patch today. Sony mm -hmm. Santa Monica said we will be releasing a free patch that replaces the current video graphics mode option with a new default setting that will offer the best performance and resolution to our players on playstation 5 this is the enhanced performance experience it syncs to 60 frames per second has 40 or sorry 4k checkerboard resolution uh, runs at 2160p you can go back to the original playstation 4 favor resolution video graphics mode at any time by selecting original performance experience which will offer you 4k checkerboard resolution sync to 30 frames per second so if you for some reason haven't played god of war or want to replay it and have it look awesome on playstation 5 there you go I think we're finally starting to see the floodgates really opening on these next-gen remasters, right? Here comes God of War. Division 2 gets its big PlayStation 5. Remasters. Update. Yeah, great patches. Yeah, exactly. They're not reselling them to me. I'll take that. Series X as well, I hope so. But then Control yeah. yesterday got its yeah. PlayStation 5 and Series X uh, remaster that everyone's digital foundry raving about it. It's great to see. I love all these new games. Well, everything's old is new again. I love that. Yeah. Uh, number six on the Roper Report, another quick one. Drew Murray has le left the initiative. Of course, Drew, Mer Drew Murray, friend of the show, used to be at Insomniac, went over to the initiative to be the design director. He was there since they started doing that and is leaving. His tweet thread reads, after two wild years helping start the initiative at Xbox and rebooting Perfect Dark, it's time for me to say a tearful and bittersweet goodbye to my team at the initiative. It's been extraordinary working shoulder to shoulder with such a talented and experienced team, many of whom are great friends now. But my life outside of work needs more attention and headspace than I've been able to give it lately, so I'm stepping down from my role. Mystery surrounded the project when I joined the studio. I didn't know what kind of game it was. I didn't know it was going to be Perfect Dark. I actually deleted part of that by accident there, apparently. But I know that was where it said Perfect Dark. Uh, two years ago, we announced the franchise uh, with a trailer that still gives me... Oh, two years later, I'm sorry. We announced the franchise with a trailer that still gives me goosebumps. Most importantly, the team has the vision and talent to knock the game and franchise out of the park. My silver lining to all this is that I'm excited to join the Screaming Masses on Perfect Dark launch day to experience the game. That's a weird one because we talk so much about Drew on all the shows. I do when we talk about it. And we talked uh, leading up to what the initiative was doing. Obviously, a friend of the show, uh, we want to wish him well and give him all the headspace he needs to take care of uh, everything that's going out on outside of work. And excited to see what this game turns out to. Interesting footnote, Phil Spencer responded to the Twitter thread and said, thanks for, all your, thanks for your work that helped build the foundation of the initiative and Perfect Dark. All the best in your future, Drew. So we'll see where that goes. And of course, uh, Godspeed to him. Go get him, Drew. Number seven, this is super simple. I'm just going to leave it at the headline. Quantic Dream is open to Montreal studio. That's great. They got the former head of IDOS Montreal to go there, and then they have another fo uh, person who was uh, on Assassin's Creed Valhalla. He was the project uh, lead uh, game designer there. So 
we'll see what happens there with quantic dream and then as i said number eight for the uh, person who i couldn't talk you how did you pronounce this uh the i i'm blackout on resident evil village i know i'm gonna play it i know i'm gonna love it i don't need to know anything about it so i'm not watching stuff about it you had said lady dimitrescu dimitrescu Dimitrescu. Lady Dimitrescu. Uh, She, it turns out, uh, the art director on Twitter put up a really tongue-in-cheek post and said, if you include her hat and high heels, she is 2.9 meters tall, approximately 9 foot 6. So there you go, you horny, horny bastards who are so into this tall lady. I hope you enjoy. Gary, if I want to know what came to the Mama Grop shops today, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software on each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. yeah. Out today, Fall Guys Season 3.5 is officially live. It has a new round. It has a whole bunch of remixes. It has the fall feed. Keep a keen eye on pals and competitors alike with live in-game updates on every elimination and point scored and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, Cultist Simulator comes to Switch. Control is on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S. Remember, of course, Control Ultimate Edition is a PlayStation Plus game this month. Uh, Yeez 9, uh, Monstrum Nox is on PlayStation 4. Destruction All-Stars comes out. That, of course, is a PlayStation Plus game as well. And as Gary mentioned, The Division 2 gets its PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X slash S patch today to make it look amazing on those uh, new systems. Gary, are you... I was going to say, PlayStation Plus, I don't think is as sexy. Everyone talks about Game Pass, best value in gaming. Oh, that's true. PlayStation Plus has been really bringing it, though. Remember, Fall Guys was a PlayStation Plus uh, freebie. Um, Control is, is a huge deal. You know, Just Cause 4... Uh, Destruction All Stars as well. I mean, this is a, there's some great games. This dropping. is a great. This is a great month for it. Destruction All Stars. I played I a bit just, this morning. I did two did, matches. Did I, I'm not sure if I know, dig Greg, it all the way I through. I just got my. I just got my first platinum on Man Eater thanks to PlayStation Plus, which, by the way, is a really, really fun game. I had a lot of fun playing that game. And yeah, you clearly, play Greg, if you want to for you, it's an easy plat. That's the way. That's the way. I played it. And I fell off pretty quick. Where I was like, oh, I, I get enjoy, it. I enjoyed okay. it. It's actually the only, the only, the second game ever that I've ever platinumed and only the second game ever where I went and got like every single, I mean, I guess the two things are kind of the same. I have to get a platinum if they get every collectible. Spider-Man, I went and got every fucking backpack and I'm like, I don't know, I don't usually do the thing where you get every collectible, but sure. something, about, something about Spider-Man made me want to do it. I got every backpack and took every photograph and all that kind of stuff. And with Maneater, I went and got every landmark, every license plate, every single thing. So wait, thing you got all the stuff really in Spider-Man, but you didn't get the platinum? Yeah, well, I got it, but I can't really claim to have gotten it myself because there were a couple of pigeon missions that drove me crazy, and I had my wife did them for me. I love that. That's sweet. <laughs> uh, new dates for you. Derelict Void is coming to Steam March 18th. Uh, Gene Forge 1 Mutagen arrives on Steam in Mac February 24th. Then deals of the day for you. There is an Xbox Game Pass update on the updates you're getting soon. February 4th, Ghost of a Tale on PC. Uh, Project Winter on Android console and PC. The Falconeer on Android console and PC. February 11th, we'll see Final Fantasy 12: The Zodiac Age on console and PC. Jurassic World Evolution on Android, Android and console. Stealth Inc. 2, a game of clones on android and console and then wolfenstein youngblood on android Woo, gary we did it we jammed the show full of all the news you need to know about about nerdy video game stuff and i had a great time did you yeah and i, I worried that we were gonna go super long because we spent a long time talking about the ncaa bullshit which some people loved and some people hated but that's how the news goes around here because this is kind of funny games daily each and every week down of radio platforms we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about if you like that, of course, please be part of the show. Patreon.com slash games, where you can give us your questions, comments, concerns. Get the show ad-free and get the post-show we are about to do. Of course, if you have no bucks to toss our way, you watch live on Twitch.tv slash games Later on YouTube.com slash games, uh, Roostreet.com, podcast services around the globe. Over here, and you're wrong. We're clear. Everything's good. This week, your hosts look like this. Wednesday, tomorrow, it's going to be Blessing and Imran. Thursday, it's going to be Greg and Tim. And then Friday, it is me and Laura Kate Dale. For now, we got a post-show to do patreon.com slash kind of funny games if you're sticking around here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games yeah you're gonna get some uh, apex i think andy is coming through with snowbike mike and the boys to play some apex over here nice. if you miss it live you can go go to youtube.com slash kind of funny plays get all the stream archives over there for now though we gotta go until next time it's been a pleasure to serve you <laughs>